Welcome to the Linked Up Church podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, we have a power-packed sermon from Minister Nehemiah Ray called The King's Church, and I promise you, this one's going to be amazing. Um, Pastor Gregory has been going in on We Church. If you haven't heard any of the messages, you got to go back and take a listen. He's been going in on We Church. And in the plug, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. And so today, what I'm going to be building on the foundation that Pastor Gregory has already built, and today we're going to talk about the King's Church. We're going to talk about the King's Church. This may be a shocker, but the church isn't an iPhone. It's not a fully customizable experience. (laughs) It's not a thing where you can delete apps, put on apps, put on different widgets, ignore messages, ignore phone calls. You can't do that with the church. The church has a designer, and the designer is the king. And if we want to do things the king's way, we must abide by how he provided and set it up for us. It was designed to function a certain way. And so we got a couple questions that I want to ask. Question number one, we must answer these questions. Why did the king start the church? What is the church? And how does the king want us to operate within the church? These are questions that we must answer, especially since we come to church, (laughs) right? And so since we come here, we may want to answer these questions. Let's turn to our hub scripture, which is Acts 2, 43 through 47. It'll be reading from the Passion Translation. And it says this, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Somebody say together. And had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, we see the church started off at the beginning with synergy, with unity, and with harmony. They were all on the same page. And it used a key word here. Uh, And this word was called one accord. Somebody say accord. Any Honda fans in here? Amen. Accord, one mind, unanimously, same passion, having the same desire. They were all had one mind. Well, how could everybody have one mind when everybody got different things going on in their mind? It means they had a mission, a vision that Jesus laid, and they all were working towards that. Who's familiar with um, this word called castells? Castells. Anybody familiar with a castell? No? Oh, one person over there? A little kid? All right. (laughs) Well, this is a cultural icon in Spain. This is something that happens where a group of people are on one accord and they build some type of body structure 
something together. And this happens every year. They come together and build something, but they build it because it's bigger than themselves. But when they are not on one accord, it doesn't go right. When you hear or see the word castel, I want you to insert the word church, okay? When you are close to a castel, it's like being next to a beating heart that goes boom, boom, boom. A castel is something alive. It moves. It's got its own inertia. And when you are inside, you move with it. To make castells is not easy. You have to like it a lot. Because you fall. Boom. 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 When we're not on one accord as a church, we can kind of look like that as well. What has happened is as a whole, as the church body as a whole, we have not been on the same page as the king. And if you look around, it's pretty doggone clear. There are over 45,000 different denominations globally. It is like we are reaching for something, but are we really attaining what the king wanted us to reach? When I say 45,000 different denominations, you got Anglican, you got Baptist, you got Southern Baptist, you got Methodist, you got United Methodist, then you got the Black United Methodist, then you got the, it's like so many different denominations. To the world, we don't look like we're on the same page. And instead of looking like a we church to the world, we look like a weak church. And when we are not building on the solid foundation of what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords designed for us to build on, we look foolish. We look crazy. We look like some of them people off them hood Olympics. Gotta go, so when you get over, you gotta go. That's the secret of it. Thank you. crazy trying to build something that's not on the foundation of the king. But we're not going to just focus on the entire church because we can't change the entire church right now. But what we can do is talk about this church. We can talk about how we operate here at Linked Up Church. Amen. 
Okay, okay. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the king of the church. And we're going to knock over some golden calves and idols today. All right? Amen? Since Jesus is the king of the church and the head of the church, popular, contrary to popular belief, Jesus did not come to bring Christianity. Contrary to popular belief, Jesus did not come to bring a specific denomination. Contrary to popular belief, Jesus did not come just to build a whole bunch of buildings. Jesus came to build something, and it's called the kingdom. He came to bring the kingdom. In Luke 4, 43, he says this, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well because that is why I was sent. He said this is why he was sent. He came to bring the kingdom of God a country, a culture, laws, rules, a way of doing things. And in his way of doing things, he had a way that he wanted to set up the church. Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew 16, 13 through 19. I find this scripture very, very interesting. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of man am. We must ask that question today. Who is Jesus? Now, let's see what the disciples had to say. You must answer that in your life. Either he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. He's one of the three. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. Then he said this. So they said to him, some say John the Baptist, who is a prophet. Some say Elijah, who is a prophet. Others say Jeremiah, who is a prophet, or one of the other prophets. Pretty much they deduced Jesus down to just being a prophet. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? See, it's not enough for somebody else to say it and us believe it. Who do you say that he is? We can't live off of our parents' Christianity or parents' uh, relationship with God. We can't live off of our grandparents. Who do you say that Jesus is? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Verse 18 says this, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Okay. Build it from the ground. That's what we want. We want Jesus to build his church. That's our cry. That's our declaration. That's our heart. We want him to build his church. So he said, 
you, Peter's name means Petros, right? Or little rock. He said, you are little rock, but on this rock, the revelation that I am Jesus Christ, the revelation that I am the Messiah, the revelation that I am the King, I want you to build the church on this revelation that I am King. On this rock, I will build my church. So if he's saying I will build my church, this insinuates that there are other churches being built. Because he said my church. So there's other churches that's not being built off of his church. Oh man, I praise God that we go to a church that's being built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. If I was to say, this is my iPhone, right? Any iPhone users in here? Amen. Any Android users? Wow. Got a lot of folks that ain't saved in here. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Them Android folks. Jeez. All right, all right, all right, all right. We came to talk about iPhone boys, Androids, all right? Good night. But this is my iPhone, okay? And with my iPhone, that means that there are other iPhones. The word in the Greek for church is the word ekklesia or ecclesia. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Ecle okay, uh, man, they snapping back over. That's the altar call team snapping back. <laughs> ecclesia. Okay, my bad. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Ecclesia means a group or body of people called out for a particular purpose. What were they called out of? They were called out of, they were called out of one system to be a part of another system. So what ended up happening was the Romans conquered the Greeks and the Greeks were very, th they were thinkers. And so they're the ones that came up with democracy, they democrata, right? They came up with that. And so when the Romans conquered the Greeks, they took their ideology and started using it. And so the word ecclesia, oh, let me get back to this so I can say it exactly how it is. The word ecclesia is a governmental assembly composed of, a, of cabinet members. A governmental assembly filled with cabinet members. Another word for cabinet members, y'all might've heard this word before, secretaries or ministers. What their role was to be surrounded around the king and get the mind of the king and go execute. This word was all, Jesus did not invent this word church, ecclesia, ecclesia. He used it from the culture that he was in because it gave a good example of what we're supposed to do. We cannot represent the king of kings if we're not present with him. We cannot 
let people know who God is if we don't ever spend time with him. The role of these cabinet members was to get the mind of the king. They had to get the mind of the king of kings and then go out and execute. How are we going to build the church if we don't have the mind of the king? And we cannot do this unless we spend time with him. We got to spend time. Pastor Gregory says that all the time. We have to spend time with him. It's much more than just coming to church on Sunday. Jesus did not say, I will build buildings. He said, I will build my church. Church may be held in buildings, but what holds the church together is not the building. It's the body, the called out ones, the assembly. It's the congregation. This is the church. You can wake up early. You can come consistently on Sunday morning, listen online, reaching, trying to get to church. But the question is, are you being the church? It's great to come to church. Like, let's not get that twisted at all. It's amazing to come to church. But you can go to church and never be a part of the church. Hebrews 10, 23 says this, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, without what? Without what? For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some folks, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He said, as the day is getting darker and darker, which I don't know if y'all just, you know, ever check out the news or like look outside your window or like just get on anything online, but it seems like the world is getting darker and darker. It seems like the day is drawing nearer and nearer. And this is the time that the church is supposed to be coming together more and more and more. We are supposed to be in connect groups meeting together, prayer groups meeting together, dream teams meeting together. We're supposed to be coming together more as a body as the day is drawing near. In some ways, I think the Western church has almost been like bamboozled. It's like we can often reach up for something. Come on, get that. but we can't attain it alone. I think it's like we kind of come to church for the wrong reasons. We don't gather just to get encouraged, but we should be gathering to encourage one another. But how can you encourage somebody if you don't know what they're going through? How can we encourage, how can I encourage Adriana if I don't know anything about what's going on in her life? Now, now God can definitely give you a word of wisdom, of knowledge. He can give you a word for her. But as well, I think God wants us to be in community so that we can know and so that we can encourage. We, when I hear people say things like this, this is when I know something is a little up. 
this ain't the church for me anymore, girl. I'm just not getting fed. Hmm. Fed, huh? Fed. Hmm. Bruh, Transformation Nation, bruh, they preaching what I need for this season right now. This season I'm in right now, this is what I need. I think we need to be having more of this going on at the church. Why ain't we doing this anymore at the church? See, now, Pastor Gregory has some great word. I ain't going to lie. Pastor G has some great word. I study the word often. I preach almost every single Sunday. And when I listen to him, I'm able to still eat off of what he's saying and build off the revelation that God has already given me. But no one man or woman is going to be able to provide a word in everybody's season. It's like, it really don't make sense. The pastor has a season that he's in. You got a season. You got, everybody's in different seasons. And we all expecting one person to give us a word that's in due season for all of us. But yet y'all only want to be at church for 30 minutes. It cannot just be the word that keeps you at a church. It can't be the word alone. 99% of people that say that and leave the church, I can guarantee you they ain't connected to the church. 99% of them, you ain't in no dream team, you ain't in no small group, you ain't leading nothing, you ain't a part of no, it's 99%. What keeps people together at the church is the church. It was never meant for one man to keep everybody together. Well, actually it was, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> right, it, actually it was. I have heard of plenty of churches that the pastor is whack. They be sleeping every Sunday morning. But they still go to that church every Sunday. Why? Because of the congregation. See, praise God, we have a, <laughs> some leaders who don't have whack word in the name of... We have, some, we have some amazing pastors that get fire. But the fire ain't going to keep you. You got to want to be kept. You got to hop on board of the vision. Build upon the vision. Well, they ain't got this ministry. Ooh, sounds like you're the perfect candidate. We must go from a me thing to a we thing. We got to go from a me thing to a... Because that's actually kind of selfish. It's actually opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. Let's go to Luke 22, 3 through 6. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was, somebody say was, numbered with the twelve. Satan entered Judas. The demonic world is real. I just want to make that very clear, right? This ain't nothing old. Like, this is very real, and it's actually more prevalent nowadays. That's why you got to watch what you... I wasn't even going to... No, 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 no. And Satan dwells within people, and he tries to tempt them 
to overthrow God's kingdom with his kingdom. He was numbered with the disciples. So he went his way. I found this very interesting, y'all. Satan entered him and he went his way. Not God's way. Satan entered him and he went his way. There is a way that seems right to man. But in the end is destruction. There is a way that young folks that the world is trying to tell you this is the way that you need to go. No, 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 no. If it ain't God's way, it ain't the way. Humans love to do things our way instead of Yahweh or Yah's way. Doing things our way is actually doing things Satan's way. It's actually synonymous. I think Frank Sinatra had a song like that or something like that. I did it my way, right? That's not God's way. I'm self-made. Hmm, you should be God-made. So he went his way and confirmed with the chief priest and captains how he may betray him to them. So Satan entered him and he went to a group of religious folks. He went to religion. Religion is trying to reach God in his ways through human concepts. Hey, bro, you just, you mad? <laughs> Religion is trying to reach God in his ways through human concepts and ways, but that will always disappoint. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. All money ain't good money. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know all money ain't good money, right? And it's not money that's evil, it's the... It's the what? Love. The love of money, right? All the rappers be saying money, even. no, it's the love of it, all right? Read the word. Where was I at? Okay, so he went his way and, no. Verse five, let's go to verse five. Yeah, money, verse six. <laughs> so he promised, he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Sheesh, when I read this scripture, that hit me. That hit. In the absence of his multitude, he betrayed Jesus. Now, who was his multitude? The disciples? The 12? Followers of God? One who are following Jesus? Y'all get what I'm saying already. Judas decided to betray Jesus when he was no longer among everybody else. Wasn't connected. We will never, come on, you can do it, Alexa. We can never reach the goal of the king unless we stay together. We have to stay together. It is impossible to build the king's church solo. We will never reach the goal that God put in place. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. We'll read from the NIV. Instead of speaking the truth in love, 
We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each part must do what? Each part must do what? It's like a building. We have to build. And in order to build something, what are we going towards? What is the goal? The goal is to, is to destroy the kingdom of hell through God's people coming together and showing the kingdom of God in his system in every area of life that we touch. In our work, at our school, at the doctor, at the grocery store, at the dog store. At where we're supposed to show the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. We can't do it without each other. And so it starts with the first layer. The first layer is vitally important. The first layer are a group of mature believers. Now, maturity isn't based on age. Mature could be a middle schooler that has been studying that word and in it. Actually, a youth can be more mature than a parent. Sheesh. Sheesh. And so what these mature believers have to do they have to be the foundation. They have to be the strong ones on the bottom, helping to get us to reach the goal. So what does that look like? Well, let's just use it in the form of families, parents. It takes, they used to say it takes a village, but now it don't take no village. It takes you and YouTube. <laughs> and you can raise your child. <laughs> but that ain't how it's supposed to work. It's going to take parents and believers coming together, getting side by side, getting ready to go to battle and say, you know what? The enemy ain't going to take my kid. The enemy ain't going to have my doggone kids. I'm going to come together. I'm going to build with other believers. We're going to figure out a way to overthrow this system that is influencing our kids to go the wrong way. We're going to have some prayer groups. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to come side by side and do life together. That's what that foundation has to do. But that's just not for parents. Like I said, maturity is for all spectrums. And so let's just keep on going. What are we building in our children? What type of foundation are we laying? Is it a strong foundation? Is it a firm foundation? We can't teach our kids that Christianity or, yeah, Christianity or being a kingdom citizen or following Christ is just coming to church on Sunday. That's not it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right, okay, something like that. It got to be all the days of the week. I challenge our fathers to start leading Bible studies in your homes. I challenge us to start coming together. You know, just start off where you at. Like, ain't nobody asking for 
every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, but start somewhere. Let's get one once a week going. Let's lead our families the way that we're supposed to, right? Single moms as well. Maybe you don't. It's, it's, you can lead your family, right? We have to sacrifice. It's better to sacrifice some sleep than our kids being out here going crazy. I ain't going to lie. That was something that my parents did that I hated. Straight up, I hated it. Oh, man, what are we going to have Bible study for? A friend have a sleepover? Come on, we have a Bible study. Oh, my. <laughs> then they want to pray in tongues in front of them. Like, oh, my goodness, they don't, they don't know what this is. <laughs> but now that I look back at it, man, those were, those were seeds that were taking root. And those seeds, maybe it took a long time for that thing to sprout up but it sprouted up. I want to encourage you parents. Yeah, you ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. I ain't never found a perfect parent in the Bible. But I did find a God who is perfect, who is our father, and yet everybody ain't running to his lap either. So there is no building without the adding of layers. Layers have to be behind it. And when we think of a building going up, and we often think of up, but I'm thinking of an onion going out. You got to have the support behind. And so what is this? If we're speaking in the form of the family, these are our young adults. These are our high schoolers. These are those ones. And what we have to do, young folks, is this. We cannot no longer depend and build our foundation on the world. We have to build our foundation on the word of God from our parents who have already been building it. Finding some, maybe your parents ain't, but you can find somebody. You can find a youth leader. You can find, I I guarantee you there's so many people out here that want to mentor and lead people, but it has to be on the word of God. And so what we got to do, they got to get behind and back it. You got to jump on ship and back it. Well, it ain't as many young folks as living for the Lord nowadays. So how are we going to get together? Hello, that's your job. That's your work. And so we got to get on board and we got to start being in the school system and holding Bible studies during lunch. We got to be in the school system, prayer at the pole, y'all, being a part of the FCA, having a Bible study, just a Zoom call. We got to start building, but I don't feel like I'm ready for that. Well, guess what? You can find somebody that is ready and partner with them. You can listen to a message together and just write some notes. Go to the archives. We got some good stuff. Social justice is not the answer, young folks. Ooh, it's quiet. I hit a nerve with some old folks, too. (laughs) Older. Social justice is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. And what we have to do is infiltrate with the word of God. That's why our lives got to look like Jesus. And what this group is supposed to do is be preparing the younger generation so that we can help them go higher and higher. It takes from the youngest to the oldest, from the smallest to the tallest for us to really be able to build the kingdom of God like we're supposed to. 
Young folks, do not despise your youth. Don't think because I'm young, I can't do nothing about nothing, nothing that's going on. Man, please. Daniel was a teenager. He flipped the empire upside down. So what we have to do, don't look at your age or your height or your exterior because now you're being confident in yourself. We have to be, as my wife says often, God for that. We can't be confident in ourselves. You're always going to fail. God for that. Because it's the young folks. The sooner you root, the further you'll be on your route. And so it takes all of us coming together to reach the goal. It's going to take a full unit in a full body. The definition of Kasteskis, the union of many people's efforts from all ages and social backgrounds. It creates a family. And like in all families, there are always some dispute, some disagreement. But it is just that, little disagreement. That's how the communities work, with complete integration. It's a bunch of people from all social levels and from all ages. It can be a doctor, carpenter, bricklayer, and it's all good. We all get along well. church is to be a living, breathing body. Everybody coming together, like she said, from all social backgrounds. Doesn't matter your profession. It doesn't matter male, female. In Christ. We're in Christ. So what does that look like? It looks like us coming together more often. It looks like us, how many people, I just want to see with a raise of hands, like how many people took somebody out to eat last week? Hey, man, that was a good amount of hands. That was a good amount of hands. So you all followed the challenge. Praise God. I want to give a challenge out as well. I want us to do a Bible study together. Just get some people at your, at your, at your job. Get some of your schoolmates. And maybe you don't feel comfortable enough to lead a Bible study. Do one with your family. Just start one this week. But you can, like I said, you can listen to a message and gather around that and then have a discussion about those points. Let's get together and really start to build community with each other. Because a lot of us are going through the same things in life. A lot of people got kids that are young and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> everybody needs help and everybody needs each other it takes a village but amen but what I'm talking about here today this is only for people that are believers 
this body that we're building to reach the kingdom of God. You cannot build the kingdom of God if you're not in the kingdom. And you have to enter into the kingdom now if you want to enter into the kingdom later. You have to be born again now if you want to go in and be a part of the kingdom change. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected today. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkeduppchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkeduppchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833 833- 988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.